Welcome back, everyone. It's the Order of the Midnight Roller podcast. We are your guides, Jameson and Scully. And today we're going to do a new segment where we go over the announcements from Wizards of the Coast last week. Welcome, fellow Charles, to this week's episode. As Jameson said, we are going to be going over some things from Wizards of the Coast for Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, um, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Um, there's they did a lot of announcements. I mean, last they're week. they're doing a lot, and I feel like it's like getting buried under things. Oh, it's not. I mean, it's definitely getting talked about. Um, they're just like have all this stuff. Yeah, there's. It's just. It was almost. It was almost too much for me to keep track of um, last week. Because we're getting a new book. We're getting, like, yeah. we're getting, like, set new sets of, like, how many sets of magic that are coming out? Well, I mean, you have the, the big announcement um, when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons is the uh, release of the Van Richting's Guide to Ravenloft. Which is going to be awesome. Which is going to basically give you the tools to make a horror setting which yeah, i am uh, all about yeah. um which really feeds on to what i suspected last year with them doing a innistrad book right but that's not what we're not getting that yet right? i don't think we're gonna I don't get think it that we're gonna um, get that yet no it's coming though i think eventually um as they do more crossovers between magic the gathering and dungeons and dragons i think we will get it However, or do you think we're gonna just gonna get one big Magic the Gathering D and D setting? I don't think. Well, you couldn't do just one, one big one like, because, like with Theros, with Theros, they yeah. gave you all of the gods, all um, of the the lore. Right. Well, not all of the lore, but a lot of the lore to base Most of it, um, yeah. your campaign off of. Mm-hmm. And with Innistrad, it has just as much, if mm. not maybe a little bit more, since we've been to Innistrad twice, twice already, yeah. and we are going back in the fall. I, I think it'd be really redundant if they do the um, the guide to Ravenloft and then did an Innistrad that's just too much horror in too one much year. One year, yeah, because they have to do something that's like high, high fantasy next, probably. Well, one of the things, so there was a Dragonlance. Uh, oh, yeah, that's um, right. I, I don't know how to put, word it. Um, it was a lawsuit. Because mm-hmm, they were... <laughs> they tried to pull the Dragonlance books. And I know there was rumor of there being a Dragonlance setting guide going mm-hmm. to be brought out. Right. So more than likely what they're going to do since that has uh, essentially resolved. So we are getting three new Dragonlance books. Which, if you get, if everybody doesn't know, <laughs> there are an ins- there's a buttload of Dragonlands books. Yeah, in, like in insane amount of them. So we're going in the, in the are at <clears throat> drugs. Mm-hmm. We're keeping that in. <laughs> I am keeping that in. <laughs> no drugs. Um, <laughs> I am on sinus medication, and I am just so foggy right now. It's not even funny. Um, so they resolved the, the, um, lawsuit. Right. They have announced we're doing, we're getting three new Dragonlance novels Mm. and there is also moving, they are also moving forward with a Dragonlance setting because one of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of people is that they are trying to expand the world of Dungeons and Dragons. So 
um, since Dragonlance is kind of an integral part of the mythos, mm -hmm. they're going to give us a campaign setting for which a lot of Dragonlands, mm -hmm. which is kind of nice which that they're getting the, away from the Forgotten Realms, right? And that's going to be their high fantasy because they're going to give us Ravenloft. Now, then they're going to do Dragonlands, and that'll appease both the horror fans mm -hmm. and the high fantasy fans. Well, I think it's good that they're doing a Ravenloft um, horror, yeah, um, style setting, or at yeah. least giving you the tools to build. Now, like for those of us who play anything by white wolf mm -hmm. um you know a lot of us are used to a horror setting so right. whether it be um oh my vampire. god uh vampire the masquerade werewolf apocalypse yeah. um or call of cthulhu, cthulhu if you if you're into the cthulhu mythos yeah. i mean they're the masters of the, those settings mm -hmm. So a lot of us can easily do that, but that's just because it's in our wheelhouse. Now, what this did actually inspire me to do, and I am going to pick up the book because apparently I have poor impulse control. <laughs> clearly sense. I have. Clearly. <laughs> clearly I have poor impulse control. <laughs> but you're not control. the only one anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> We're terrible people. <laughs> It actually inspired me to use a mechanic that they brought out in Frost Rime Maiden. of the Frostmaiden, yeah. where they use the survival tactics. So I am personally working on a campaign that has the horror tropes, but it's survival. Which is going to make things a little interesting. Which will definitely make things interesting. that's what, making sure that you eat, making sure that you mm -hmm. drink and rest and, like, all that stuff. Yeah. Or, like, it's going to add to things, like exhaustion points yeah. and things. Which already happen, but most DMs are kind of, kind of meh on it, you know? I mean, they don't really, unless it's really something that's going to exhaust mm -hmm. you, they don't really worry about it. And I am actually going to introduce the sanity mechanic, oh, so... We're mixing that a little, little, little bit of the, the... The Cthulhu. The Cthulhu. Yeah, because definitely with this one, the world that I'm building, mm -hmm. there, there are some things that can mess you up. So that was one of the big announcements that... I think was a bit on the lighter note. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the, also the nice thing about this is they're pulling from many different types of horror. Right. It's not just so like vampires. You have the Ravenloft, mm -hmm. um, which is why I don't actually like the title because I feel like it's very misleading. Right. Cause it could be, it should maybe mm. have been named something else. I mean, Ravenloft is kind of like the staple horror um, yeah, yeah. campaign. Mm -hmm. So I understand why they did it, but they are bringing in um, tropes such as the Wolfman, right. um, the Mummy, right. Frankenstein's Monster, Frankenstein's monster right. and a whole bunch of other ones. Which and of apparently course, had a name. Yes, originally uh, Mary Shelley did have a name for... Her, her editor said, don't do it. Yeah. yeah, she had a name for the creature, and then they said in order to not have people empathize with the creature, mm -hmm. um, they took out the name. Which they people did anyways. Well, <laughs> At least they, I mean... If you read it correctly. <laughs> it's so... I don't really find it as terrifying no. as just utterly depressing. I was just going to say... Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is more depressing than scary, and the monster isn't actually the villain. Dr. Frankenstein is. No, and it's definitely a um, an <laughs> allegory for humanity. Yeah. 
Um, but we will uh, actually be doing a full video breaking down Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Right. So there's a lot of things going on with this, and there are actual characters already in the world of Dungeons and Dragons right. that uh, correlate to all of those. Ooh, that's nice. So like they're that. introducing um, that to a lot of people. I don't know. I think this is definitely good to diversify so it's not just high fantasy and yeah. not just because it, don't get me wrong i love me some high fantasy but i have to be in the mood i've, I'm, I've been I'm playing always, D for i've always in the D mood for high fantasy like, i've been playing D D for 20 plus years and like three quarters of that time has been high fantasy yeah so it's nice to to have other settings mm -hmm. to play in yeah so since they did um a lot with eberron already mm. Um, I am excited to see what they are going to do moving forward. I definitely think in terms of Magic the Gathering, bringing in worlds like Amon Ket, which is an Egyptian-based one, right, which that would be cool. um, and in, especially one I think you would really like would be Kaladesh, mm. because it's very steampunk. Punk, that's what I've heard. Um, that's my, that's my and also, like for me... Anyone who knows me knows I love filigree. Mm -hmm. Like, the obsession with filigree is... And we're not talking about the magicians. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about the actual scroll work right, filigree. Right. Mm -hmm. So when, um, like, the Rococo era, um, the over-embellishing of armor... I love that shit. I mean, I eat that shit up. Mm -hmm. So Kaladesh, with all of the intricate it's, lines, yeah, it's gonna be that would was be amazing. absolutely stunning. You think, um, gonna, you think that they were gonna eventually get books that are gonna be correlated to all of those? I think it's. I happen. think they will. I definitely. There's a big enough market for that one specifically. I think. Well, I think Kaladesh would be a good one to do solely based on the fact that they can build on it and make it more steampunk. Yes, and that's what a lot of people want. And that that's why I think that one would be a good one. Mm -hmm. um, I know they're going to go to Innistrad because it's definitely mm -hmm. kind of, again, that Ravenloft-esque right. type setting. Um, they've already gone to Theros, so they got kind of the ancient Greek myth. Right. Um, I don't know so much about going to Amon Cat because a lot of people didn't like it. I personally did, but I love Egyptian mythology, right. so that Lots one of zombies in Amon Cat. Yeah, that really, really um, got to me. Yeah. Um, although another one that would be really interesting would be Ixalan. Yeah, but with Ixalan, I'm afraid it would be too much like the Tomb of Annihilation campaign, mm -hmm. which I have not played. I have not played that either. We must do that. I don't know. I mean, we could. That's, that's just a. It's just a, ma a module, right? Yeah, it's a module. Yeah. Just it's just a. It should only be a one shot. Oh no! It's a full campaign. It's a full campaign. Yeah, really? it's a full book. Oh damn! Okay. Tomb of Annihilation is a full book. Oh shit! That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, I know, it was like, module. so <laughs> spoilers to anyone who not doesn't like, who wants to play it but doesn't know anything about it. There is apparently like some like weird obelisk that like literally will TPK a party if they like it's the deal obelisk with it wrong. of wokeness. It is the obelisk of wokeness. <laughs> you you arrive in Washington D.C. No, no. You see the obelisk. <laughs> Washington D.C. has been taken over by entities from another world. All the monuments have become eldritch horrors. You must now fight the obelisk of wokeness. 
You've awoken. Open your mind. You've, you've awoken the old ones. <laughs> and then once it opens up your mind, all of a sudden you crave pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, God. I love pumpkin spice, but I mean, that's my one basic, <laughs> basic trait. You have many more, but we'll leave those alone. Uh-huh. I have no room to talk about. I was about so. to say, you own Uggs, and I don't even do that. Yes. Hey, they are warm. <laughs> and plus, my Uggs are 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Still, they are Uggs. They are still Uggs. I still can't believe they're 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not 15. Maybe they're only 13. Regardless, they're over a decade old. Over a decade old. And, and still, still going good. strong. And still going strong. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember when they, my, my Ugg boots are blue. I remember when they launched that color, like, I went out and bought them immediately. They were super hard to find, too. <laughs> I'm still proud of that. Whilst chugging double-fisting pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> that's, that's what I need today, definitely, as I'm, I'm my ass is dragging. Mm-hmm. But, yes, Ravenloft, um... Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft is coming. I'm super excited. Very soon, too, uh, right? It's it's coming uh, out fairly, fairly soon. I, I have it. I have the official website up. Well, I guess I can read, actually, what, what, it, uh, what it actually has. It says, uh, travel perhaps even by choice. <laughs> mm. No, never. never. Not never on hoarder setting. No. Um, he said hoarder setting. You know what? Yes. <laughs> oh God, that's a campaign. A horror hoarder setting. You're trapped in a house of a hoarder. You're trapped in my house. You're trapped in your house. <laughs> it's a horror hoarder. <laughs> okay, was this skeleton bought or did this war person die here? We have I've... we have to ask that question. <laughs> we have to ask that question. Okay, there's a pile of bones. This one I can tell is antique. This one, I don't know what ate it. <laughs> Um, so, from the actual, um, Wizards of the Coast website, travel, perhaps even by choice, to familiar domains where, and discover new ones, Ravenloft expands domains of, of Dread, return the first and fifth edition, what? No, return to the first, for the first time in fifth edition, Mm -hmm. includes rules, advice, and building custom domains, and... Dark lords using and using established horror tropes, or your own special blend, which is um, nice. I like that they're mm-hmm. they're like well, just they're they're finally like being, hey, you don't have to follow this, but it's a good reference. It, it they they are really good references. I will yes. say that. Um, and then it says discover a host of new backgrounds, trinkets, uh, themed specifically for horror settings, as well mm. as new character lineages. Including Damphir, Hexblood, and the Reborn. Now, Ooh. I think that's interesting that they're actually putting in the Damphir. So we are getting that in canon. Yes, we're getting a uh, Alucard. Yes. Nice. Um, find two new subclasses. I cannot talk today. It's okay. Um, find two new subclasses: the College of Spirits for Bards Ooh. and the Undead Pact for Warlocks. Oh Ooh. God, I'm screwed. Oh, I, oh, ooh, I might have to get this myself. Like, I've been saying this, though. I want them to come out with, like, a giant box set of just all the the last X amount of books together. Like, hardcover. 
Like, I'd pay $250 for that. Yeah, but the problem is, like, they're constantly bringing stuff out. They're constantly bringing stuff out. Or they would do, they're going to do collections. Like, here's five books. These are all horror. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that would be cool. Uh, Explore dark gifts, gifts for characters that flesh out your place in the domains of dread. Mm. I don't like that name, but that's personally domains of dread seems really lazy but it is an alliteration so it is an alliteration props to that um encounter a horrific assortment of creatures from the monstrous bestiary i am excited um to see what new monsters they bring out say me too because draco lich draco lich oh god because that's just terrifying A, a vampire lich yeah oh um doesn't and, feast on just blood but just oh and then includes a brand new adventure okay so there is an adventure in here oh nice which is which is always good i love the alt cover if you just want to like run a if you want to test it out and run a yeah, whatever one shot one shot like that's fine cool yeah so yeah um i'm personally excited for it as am i it's gonna be pretty awesome and then also i don't remember when this was actually announced but Wizards of the Coast, moving on. Moving on. Um, Wizards of the Coast was actually made a division of Hasbro. Yes. So basically they're taking on more responsibility and they are in charge of... Let me see. Um, it was Tabletop and Media or something? Mm-hmm. Hasbro. Oh, I can't find the article now. Anyway, um they're basically in charge of a lot more right and they're going to be dealing with a lot of digital media as well as um the tabletop rpg um setting so that could change a lot of things quite honestly it could change a lot of things um they are Hasbro could be injecting their own people into that well i think they're gonna have more autonomy actually what wizards of the coast wizards of the coast well that could be because here's the thing Wizards of the Coast has been one of the few um, properties of Hasbro that has consistently made money. Of course. And last year, and this this I mean, article, we, we we can attest for that. We have given we've given Wizards of the Coast how much money in the last okay. few months. Um, Wizards and digital gaming. Um, this is coming from Hipsters of the Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, their article. It says here that. Um, the net revenue in 2019 was 761 million, oh, and Jesus. in 2020 it actually increased to 907 million. And a lot of that has to That's do with crazy um, Magic: The Gathering and Magic Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going Which to be. I, I can't. Really, I'm not really into that. Honestly, it's it's okay. It's it's fun. Um, there definitely are things that I feel like they need to fix. Mm-hmm. Um, however, one of the problems is it's not really free to play. It, yeah, I'm you not... have to. They say it is, and you can play and have some fun with it, right. but you definitely need to buy packs and. Yeah, what's what's the uh, term for that? Like freemium. Uh, freemium. Yeah, I'm. Not... Um, <laughs> I don't know. If people are still using that term. But... I'm sure that's well. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah it's. Freemium. I enjoy it. I don't sink a lot of money into it, and actually, I haven't sank any money into it in. Yeah two years Mm -hmm. 
because the last... we've been buying actual cards. Well, yeah, I buy actual cards. <laughs> That's one of the things I think they really need to change. I think they need to do what Pokemon did. Oh, and give codes and give for codes because yeah. I would probably each pack. I was supposed to say I would probably play if like if when you got a pack or a box and mm-hmm. they give you a code and like all the cards that are in this box you also get digitally. Well, they we wouldn't. You would just get packs. Yeah. Literally, you wouldn't get exactly what's in yeah, the box. Yeah, that would be really awesome. Because yeah, that would take a lot of scanning, and that that's that's logistical nightmare. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I think they need to give codes in every pack mm-hmm. because you're gonna get more people on arena, especially since a lot of stores can't hold Friday Night Magic. Right. You you still get some of that, you know, the magic experience. Right. So. Not only are they expand expanding on Dungeons and Dragons, they are introducing another um, product in the Magic: The Gathering world, which is going to be called the uh, Universe Beyond Product series, hmm. um, which is going to be a crossover series. So we saw a little bit of this last year with the Walking Dead. Secret Layer. Secret Layer, right. Uh, was met with mixed reviews, to say the least. least right. Um, in this article, they have announced that they are doing crossovers with Warhammer 40k, as well as Lord of the Rings. Lots and lots of elves. And so they're going to you know, also add different um, IPs as mm-hmm. time goes on. So... When I was preparing for this last night, which it may not sound like I am prepared because I'm so hyped up on um, Cold sinus medicine, uh, I actually started thinking of what properties would I like to see crossovers mm. with. Ooh. And now they've done a My Little Pony crossover already, right. which is um, a property that Hasbro's has affiliation with. Right. Uh, so I do foresee another yeah, that, uh, My Little Pony. Hmm. Um, An all-horse deck. That'd be interesting. Yeah, they need to give a little bit more support to Horse Tribal, but mm-hmm. um, that one I can definitely see. One that I thought would be really fun, but it would have to be a collector set. It couldn't be like a... like Broad, yeah. A, like, a, a full like commander deck or anything. A Sailor Moon crossover. Ooh, I would be down for that. Give me some tuxedo masks. So <laughs> you have not only the Sailor Scouts, Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. um, Queen Serenity, and Tuxedo Mask, but, the but you do also have some artifacts, which would be really fun. And you can also use like you could do the Moon Tiara as right. kind of like a lightning bolt type card. Exactly. So that one would be fun to me. I'd be okay with that. Um. The big one that I went way, way, way too far down the rabbit hole um, thinking of was Harry Dresden Commander decks. Oh, Lord, that would be amazing. So would Harry be a, a commander? Um, I actually... So... Or Bob? <laughs> when, when I say that I went way too far down this rabbit hole, uh-huh. I created five commander decks... And unique mechanics for the damn set. Wow. Because it was just fun to come up with. And I'm actually quite I mean, proud of myself. I think that would be... A, there's such a huge fan base for that property that I think it would work. 
but Wizards of the Coast, if you need an idea, hit me up. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, if you was, need an infusion of ideas, we got you. Oh, we got, we got several. Um, but Lord of the Rings, I'm excited about. Like I said, I, I assume that's going to be super ha- super elf heavy. Well, I mean, it's going to be. I mean, you have it's all the be fantasy tri- tribal because it's going to have to be the, well, ha- the halflings. The, yeah, it's going to the, be. It's going to be kind of your basic. Dungeons and Dragons sets because you have not only the yeah. halflings, right? You have the elves, elves you have the humans, humans you have the orcs, orcs right? Um, so that one, so it's going to be super tribal. That one is going to definitely be more along the lines of Magic: The Gathering. Oh yeah, the Warhammer 40k. I'm I'm a little interested about that because I mean it mixes two of my favorite things. So I'm like... not as excited about that one however i could definitely see because they're they're talking about warhammer 40k commander decks yeah and i could see someone like randy our friend randy mm. getting into uh, commander because of warhammer 40k I would pro- if they did that i would probably buy him a deck so i can see that um but then i kind of started thinking about properties that i could see them doing crossovers with that i just kind of cringe and one of them was Power Rangers, because I just don't... I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Well, to me, with Power Rangers, though, like, you'd be very... It would be a very strong vehicle mechanic. Yes. And vehicle myself vehicle. and a lot of people don't oh, like that mechanic. Vehicle, yeah. Um, Kamen Rider would probably be better, honestly. It's the same thing. I mean, it's not less, the same thing, It's not but, the same thing, and they're less vehicle-heavy. But... I don't know. That's one that I wouldn't really want to see personally, because mm-hmm. to me it doesn't really fit. But like, what properties would you like to see? Well, I mean, we already discussed it with magic. Uh, with magic, with with D and would love a more like steampunk setting for D for for magic. But that we already have that, right? Yeah, with it with Kaladesh, it's, Kaladesh, it's more. Yeah. I mean, it's not so. It's not like steampunk as in. Like the Victorian style setting, but it is. I wouldn't mind that. That would be pretty freaking cool. It it is definitely more um, technology, like yeah. that fantasy it's, technology, it's, it's, magic, magic science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's really my. That's one of my biggest things. Because everything else, I mean, it's all. I mean, magic for the most part is super pretty high fantasy. Uh, lots of wizards, you know what I mean? Like, I play mm. a wizard deck, and then there's tribals and zombies, and lots of horror-based stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of trying to think of different properties that would be really good for mm. mixing with magic. Um, as I said, Dresden Files is, yeah. to me, a shoe in Definitely Because it mixes modern with... Uh, high fantasy yes which is always kind of my thing i like the mixing another one i think would be good and i've not really read a whole lot of the books but i think it's the mistborn series by brandon sanderson which is again a little bit more high fantasy right um there was another one i was going i was trying to think of actually one that i think would be really cool is if they did a Lovecraftian, because they already have a lot of those kind of cards in the, in, the, in the, already out there. Yeah. So why not just make a whole set 
Yeah, and actually introduce the, of course, they would have to, I mean, I guess they could team up with Chaosium. Oh, they probably could. They could, um, they could easily do a crossover with them. Yes, absolutely. um, And get the rights to the actual names. I mean, yeah, even if it's just a secret layer drop. Yeah. Even if it's just a secret layer and not a full full setting you know what i mean not mm-hmm. a full like strixhaven or like Kel- um, whatever yeah ju- it just came out now there this is definitely being hit with a lot of backlash of course because and rightfully rightfully so um to an extent mm-hmm. because one of the things that was brought up is that why are you make sh- making functionally unique cards for these specific sets mm-hmm. and if someone really doesn't like a particular property and they want to compete competitively they're forced to use these cards so right. like i understand and i'm kind of on the fence with it because to me it would make more sense to do things like they did with the godzilla cards oh, in Ikoria. Yeah, all the kaiju, yeah. So they had, basically they had, for lack of better terms, Godzilla skins mm-hmm. on already printed cards. Right. So if you didn't like Godzilla, you could play with the cards. So for example, they have Mothra, mm-hmm. but then that's the actual card Broodmoth. Right. So I think it's Brood Broodmoth, but I mean, yeah. it, it's similar it's a moth monster moth monster so you have both options there and i personally like that i know a set oh god they should do cryptids give us a mothman give us a loch ness give us give us a bigfoot because they would have yeti because they could just yeah they could reskin yeti and turn him into a bigfoot like that would be i would be a hundred percent down with that hundred percent I would I would do that. That would do that because they they all the big cryptids could have a color. Yeah, because like Mothman could be black, uh, uh, Bigfoot could be blue. Uh, I could uh, blue, but Bigfoot green. Green, and then well, what about Nessie? Nessie blue. blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then white would be I don't know. Um, usually white's pretty goody goody two shoes. So. Mm, not necessarily white. I mean, you yeah. have white spirits, so, so yeah, something. Yeah. Like so, headless some, horseman, headless horseman, or some kind of like something or another, some kind of spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that would be uh, that would be an amazing magic commander decks. Your commanders are cryptids. That that would be fun. That'd be fun to play. That would be and a fun. And then they all work. The, and if they're like, if there's a thing where they all could work together, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, now this also brings up with them becoming larger, with Wizards of the Coast becoming larger within Hasbro, it again brings up the question of the reserve list. Right, yeah, and everything that you can't be played now because of this. Well, it's, should they abolish the reserve list? Um, yes and no, because there's some jank cards that they put on there for a reason. Well, I well, here's the interesting thing. So I kind of did like a fantasy secret layer, mm-hmm. what I would like to see printed. And I did one called Ancient Lands, mm. where they reprinted Gaia's Cradle, Teleria Academy, Sarah Sanctum, and then like, I couldn't think of it, two, other of, ones. two other ones. Um, but 
that was the idea. I mean, they're all on the reserve list, but they're cards that functionally, I think, need to be reprinted. Right. Um, but the interesting thing is, right now, a lot of people are going around online talking about ways around it. And we know Wizards is willing to skirt around it mm. um, because of the printing of Jeweled Lotus. Right. So because of their actual rulings, what they can and cannot do, it's one of those things where they're teetering the line. I think they're testing to see whether they should just abolish it. Um, because here's the fact of the matter is that if they did, and they started reprinting these cards, the originals are still going to retain their value. Right. I mean, it may not be as valuable, but a 25-plus-year-old card is still going to be more expensive than, right. you know, the new... And people who weren't around back then, who why get them. Let mm -hmm. people have them, because the, you're, you're breaking it into a new audience. Younger folks who are starting, you know what I mean? Like, come on. And you would also, to me... Not everybody be, plays Commander, either. To me, it makes more sense because it allows things to be used in eternal formats like um, Commander as well as Legacy, but mm -hmm. also introduces people to those formats. Mm -hmm. um, one of the issues that people are having with doing these um, Universes Beyond cards is they're going to be legal, most likely in commander and legacy mm -hmm. so it's going to mess with a lot of the formats now for me like as i was kind of thinking about things that i'd like to see like i'd be super pissed off if they don't do the even star and basically do it as a functional reprint of uh mox diamond mm. like to me that just makes sense yeah but i also would like to see what they could do and how they can skirt around it and I think the the reception of the jeweled lotus is yeah that that's break that's like tip, dipping their toe yeah dipping their toe into possibly thinking about getting rid of it mm -hmm. because honestly I think it's a good idea I mean there's a like I said there's a lot on that list that is crazy broken well and, and it's on there for a reason but like at the same time but on the same at the same time I went through the reserve and it's not list not that bad anymore well there's a lot of cards there's a couple cards that are like absolutely useless yeah, and then why are they on there right? why are they why on there? Are, why? the only reason they're on there is because they're scarce right. and to be perfectly honest like they are still scarce like yeah so it's maybe all, maybe it'll it's dip all, for a while it's all fucking cardboard it is cardboard but one of the things that really i find you interesting can't go buy a card i can't go buy a car with magic cards I mean, technically, yes, you can. If I was going to say, eh. I mean, if you have enough and they're expensive, you know, they're worth enough money, yes. But, like, I can't go with a box of magic cards and be like, can I go get a Ford? I don't know. It's <sighs> one of those things that I see both sides. Personally, I, I am for abolishing it. Mm -hmm. But I also see the, um, the uh, side that says, hey, we need to keep it because of X, Y, and Z. Z right. Now... They are testing, I know, again, how ways to skirt around mm -hmm. the reserve list so they can give us a lot of the same. same. So, like renaming, reskinning, you know. Yeah, reskinning. Um, and there's actually, there was actually a wonderful video I watched, 
and I wish I could remember who they were, so I'm not going to talk about what they mm -hmm. talked about, but they gave some like really good ideas of um, how they could get around this, mm -hmm. and they used the properties that they talked about, Warhammer and right. Lord of the Rings. So they could literally just reprint mm -hmm. stuff inside them, but just call them something different. Yeah, but... Um, Same flavor text the, and all that stuff. The one that really got me, and again, I, I can't remember who they were, but they did a card of the One Ring, and like they made it stupid broken. Of course. And I was just like, I kind of want this card. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie. But what do you guys think? Go ahead and tweet us at O Midnight Roll over on Twitter. Do you think the reserve list should be abolished, or do you think we should keep it? And also, what sets would you like to see coming out of the universes beyond? All right, and last but not least, this is probably one that I'm probably the most excited about because I'm a collector, and as I said, I have very poor impulse control. Yeah. So WizKids made an announcement that they are expanding their line for both Dungeons & Dragons as well as Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. um, and quoting from the WizKids website... Um, the expansion categories include D&D sprue miniatures. So for those who don't know, it's basically when you get that, when you get models and yeah, they're yeah, yeah. Um, basically in the sheets, yeah, you, you have break to them, break them, them off. off. Yeah. Um, that one I'm not as excited about. Mm, yeah. D&D um, action figures. Oh, yes. yes. A, well, we already have one of those out already, right? Yeah. Um, I almost bought it. I almost I bought it. I thought about it, too. Because it's so nice. I thought about it, too. I and think it it's still the, available. I think it is still available in a lot of places, including Amazon. Um, it's in my wish list. <laughs> then the D and D paint line. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how I feel about that one. Me neither. I'm just. It's like paint. You can. I'm sure you can probably get better paint than an like an like their versions of it. Well, the one thing that I would give them is instead of letting companies like Citadel or Reaper or. Oh, there's a really another really good one, Army Army something. Mm. Um, I don't have very many of those. I don't like those paints. Bless you. Oh, excuse me. Um, I don't like the um, army the army paints. Mm. To me, they settle too quickly. Um, because of brand recognition, I can see that They'll being a big thing. They'll probably sell better. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, yeah, I can understand that. But I, I mean, it makes me feel like brand recognition over quality. Yeah, well, I mean, but WizKids does pretty good quality yeah. stuff. So like, no, it's D and D, you know, official D and D stuff. So mm -hmm. they know that people are going to buy it. But is is it, it going to be, be quality? Is it going to be up to the Reaper and the Citadel? Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, and then the ones that I'm most excited about, D&D &D and Magic the Gathering, artifacts and prop replicas. You told me about this, and this makes me very excited. And then they have D&D &D accessories, battle mm. mats, maps, bags, and carrying cases. Mm. So immediately when I heard this announcement, I squealed and said, oh my god, I'm going to get replicas of the Moxes. Right. Because ironically, that wearable, is something that I am, I am fervently looking for. Mm -hmm. um, now, the one thing with WizKids I'm a little nervous about mm -hmm. 
because I worry about the quality. Yeah, of course. So WizKids is definitely... They have more expensive things, but I feel like they can teeter on the cheap at times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the properties that they're doing them for, honestly. If they're doing it for something for something big, then they don't generally skimp. But if it's your regular everyday stuff, I mm-hmm. think maybe... Well, because, like, using for the prop replicas is what I'm really referring to. Because they could, hopefully, I mean, they're going to charge us... Well, they're going to charge us an arm and a leg regardless. And hopefully the quality is there yet again. Well, my big thing is with the prop replicas, especially the ones that are wearable, Mm -hmm. the biggest example I can use is the replica I have of Slytherin's Locket. Mm. So it is a beautiful replica. Right. But it is acrylic. And... The price point definitely says acrylic and tin, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I want I want high. more. Yeah, want more. For me, I would much rather instead of spending fifty dollars for that, spend, spend one hundred and fifty and yeah. get lead crystal yeah. and stainless steel. Because that would last longer. It wouldn't be so fragile. You know. Yeah. I mean the the piece from and this is from Noble Collection is what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. It's a great piece. It's durable. But especially the metal is tin. Tin, so it's super. Yeah, no, it, it's <laughs> a little, it's a little cheapy. Now, yeah. the one thing with this one is that with it being Harry Potter related, and the <sighs> price point only being fifty dollars, it's more accessible to more people. Right. So I understand it, and as a costume piece, I you know have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. However, as I stated. I would much rather spend more money for a quality piece. I think a lot of people would. And have something that's going to last longer and um, have more luster. Yeah, because that's always the thing. It's like, all right, great. So it's 50 bucks. It's affordable. I can get it. You get it in the mail. You look at it. You go, wow. It definitely looks like 50 bucks. No, it it doesn't. It doesn't look... It's not one of those pieces where it's like, wow, yep, I definitely only paid 50 bucks for this. No, it's... That one, um, it looks really nice because it comes with a But it's not as bad as, like, getting something from Wish. Oh, no, no, no. It's not as bad as the Wish stuff. No. um, It definitely looks good. Mm -hmm. And it looks like the replica from the movie. Mm -hmm. But when you hold it like i can definitely tell that mm. it's not quite there it's nowhere near as bad as the um necklace from fantastic beasts the um grindelwald oh yeah, yeah. necklace right that thing i got it on clearance at uh, barnes and noble and $25 was too much for it. Wow. Like, I pulled it out, and I'm like, this thing is cheap as fuck. Yeah, that's not a surprise. I was so disappointed. Like, that's a $10 necklace. And they you, they overcharged you by 15 bucks plus tax. Well, that was on clearance. Like, it's a $40 piece. Oh, no, that's terrible. Yeah, that's I, I will terrible. say that one. I'm a huge fan of Noble Collection, for those who don't know. Um, and I usually love their quality. And mm-hmm. especially like their Lord of the Rings stuff, the few pieces that I have are beautiful and well made. Mm-hmm. However, like getting the Fantastic Beast um, Grindelwald necklace, people who've seen the movie know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I don't remember the actual name of it. I don't remember it either. Is really, really disappointing. 
I would not I be happy cannot, with that. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it. No. However, so I'm a little nervous when it comes to the quality. Yeah, that's what my only thing. I'm excited for the, the, the thought of getting these epic props from some of our favorite cards. But, like, there's a little part of me that's like, ooh, it's going to be crappy. Well, <laughs> I, I don't see, I don't think they're it like, will be. They're, these fanboys are going to buy anything and it doesn't really matter because it's something they love. But here's the thing, though. You've seen the WizKids um, head mounts. Right, yes. Those are expensive right but well worth our one of our local game stores has an owlbear uh head mount like mm-hmm. trophy head and it is stunning yeah i mean it's four hundred dollars actually <clears throat> that one might be five hundred but i mean you've seen it it's it's, it's that i mean if it was it's almost f- two feet tall and yeah, it's, it's amazing it's so awesome it's an art piece right it's an art piece so looking you at that put that over your mantle of your your fireplace i fucking would <laughs> i, would, I would fucking put that over the mantle it's kind of cute actually, but owlbears are kind of cute so, i actually know. like the owlbear mm-hmm. better than i like the mind flare yeah i i was i mean the mind flare is pretty cool but the owlbear is so i love better. the mind flare but, but the, the owlbear, owlbear is, so is amazing much better, yeah. so looking at that mm-hmm. and looking at the dragons that have come out mm-hmm. I have hope for these. Yeah. Because one of the big things when it comes to like the D&D props, like um, someone actually, I think it was um, Nerd Immersion, who I just started following on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, Great guy. He's really into Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. um, and has a lot of insight. He mentioned that they should make the uh, um, pendants of the holy symbols for the different factions. That'd be cool. Dungeons and Dragons. I thought that was amazing. Right. A huge thing for me, and you're gonna laugh when I say this, but official Dungeons and Dragons coins. Yes. To I mean, me, I think they have those already. Not the shapes. Oh, okay. Because, like, Dungeons and Dragons coins have very particular shapes. Yeah. And I think it would be amazing for them to bring them out. And I would probably make them out of, like, a tin. Right. So actually make them metal. Right, yeah. Um, I wouldn't probably do, like, a stainless steel coin or something. Because be I think heavy. that'd be a little, um, a, a little too expensive to produce. Right. But I think that would be amazing. Replicas of um, some of the weapons. Now, my yeah. question would be, would they do like foam props or would they actually It'd probably be plastic have or them or whatever. made actually out of metal? I, mm. Because, I mean, if they do give it like the Noble Collection type um, treatment. They could do metal. They could do, they could do stainless steel and have them forged. That's very true. So, I mean... For a price point, you know, 300 400 bucks a piece, you know what I mean? Like, that would be cool. And people people buy those things. Hell yeah, they would. And especially if it's D&D licensed, like Wizards of the Coast, D&D licensed props from, like, classic props from the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People would, in troves, go get it. I... I'm personally really excited about those. And then, of course, a lot of the accessories, the carrying cases. Um, Haversacks, bags yeah, of holding. Yeah, the bags of holding. Holding, yeah. All kinds of rings. And, um, oh, yeah, the jewelry. To me, the jewelry doing jewelry 
as strange as it sounds, allows people to have their geek side showing right. without it being like obnoxiously in your face. Exactly. Um, I also expect, you know, things like thermoses water bottles Bottles, yeah exactly um i i see a lot of that stuff coming out yeah um actually something that'd be kind of cool they could do if they did actual fantasy drinkware i mean there's a lot of companies out there that do it already like dragon and stuff yeah but i mean if you actually look at like historical goblets and Mm -hmm. stuff and replicate some of those i mean of course there was a company yeah, I thought there was a company that does that. I know Alchemy Gothic did it once upon a time, and I could kick myself for not getting a couple of those chalices. I, I like drinking out of chalices, though, so uh-huh. I'm weird that way. Yeah, you're just bougie. Yeah, right. I don't go for crystal. I drink out of them. <laughs> I drink uh, out of the skulls of my enemies. <laughs> actually, someone needs to, to recreate Lord Byron Cup. Mm-hmm. I, as I said, I know Alchemy Gothic did that once yeah. upon a time, but someone needs a good, good replica one. Mm-hmm. And yes, I actually bought a chalice in Vatican City. Mm. Um, and I drink out of it whenever I play a vampire game. Absolutely, as you should um which is super stupid but it's it's fun um now the one thing that i'm a little confused about is they talk about D action figures and i'm confused why their whiz kids is making them and not and not hasbro. hasbro i was just thinking that like why like the, the largest one of the largest manufacturers of action figures but you're make you're allowing WizKids to do it maybe they're unloading it so that it'll cost less or maybe cost more i don't know because it's such a niche company i, I i'm wondering if it's not too niche for hasbro and they're just like yeah no we're not doing that you guys can handle it but we'll you know mm-hmm. we'll handle all the money and all the business Another cool thing I think they should do is um, good quality maps. Mm, just, you know, like, I would say, like, it would be nice to just have, like, template maps. You know what I'm saying? Like, good quality template maps so that you don't have, I mean, a lot of people do, like, to draw their own Oh, maps. no, no, no. I'm not talking about, like, because like, they, they are actually talking about battle maps and maps. No, I'm talking about, like, if you're doing um, a campaign in the Forgotten Realms, actually having a good quality either like canvas or oh okay like the, um, the Devon linen stuff. Yeah. linen yeah. like map of the forgotten realms yeah okay. i think someone else actually mentioned that now that i think about it hmm. that would be know. cool I, I was just thinking about a, a map of london a replica map of london mm. that i wanted to get um i don't know i they they talk about artifacts and proper replicas um Obviously, like Magic the Gathering, as I mentioned, the yeah. Moxes. Um, I really want a fiber optic Black Lotus. Oh, that would be awesome. I was thinking that about that. Really awesome. And I was just like, oh my God, they make it take my money. It's that, it's that meme of Fry from Future Take my money. <laughs> like, immediately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one, that one's a big one. But also, like, years ago, Magic the Gathering did statues. Yes, I remember that. And every once in a while, I'll see one come up on eBay. Like, I remember. I How much are they? Oh, they're. Um, crazy? They're. 
in the thousands. Ah, not a surprise. Well, it depends on it. So I saw a Sarah Sarah Angel, mm. an original Sarah Angel artwork statue. Right. And that one was like three grand. I don't know if it's sold or not. Yeah. Um, but every once in a while I'll see them pop up. But mm. I think it'd be cool. And I do think, well, I actually know that Wizards has licensed out their properties for statues because there was a Nicol Bolas one mm. that was done by Prime Studio, I believe. Not a surprise. Um, which I almost bought, but then I decided to go to Europe, so. <laughs> it's more important to go to Europe than buy a Nicol Bolas statue. I, I, I don't have any regrets with that one. There are, there's more time to buy Nicol Bolas statues. Because um, they did Nicol Bolas and a Johnny Goldmane, mm. and the comp- um, XM Studios is currently working with artists to do Magic the Gathering statues, which are phenomenal. Nice. Um, they did a Chandra Nalar, um, and I think the next one, the concept art I've seen, is Liliana Vess, which Ooh. would be the one that I want. Oh, yeah, of course. That's your, that's your lady. But the downside is the artwork that I saw, her face is covered by the chain veil, which to me defeats the purpose. However, I don't know if it's going to be a situation where you're going to have multiple profiles. Right. So you can have her with the chain veil or without. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, Options are always good. Because, like, I, you know, my most recent purchase, my Poison Ivy right. statue, has two different profiles. Mm. The downside with XM Studio and, and the Magic the Gathering line is it's only available in the Asian countries. So I cannot mm. get them here in the U.S. No. And I'm actually hoping that they don't do multiple profiles with Liliana because that way I won't feel bad about not getting it because these statues are, I think, $1,200. And I just don't Whew. don't want to spend that money. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I, I can't spend that money no, right now. I mean, no, um, I don't think anybody can unless you're ridiculously well off. Yeah. I mean... If you're a normal person, you should not be spending $1,200 on... No, well, I mean, I wouldn't say that because if it's something you're passionate about, I mean, these are art pieces. So you save for that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, I saved for poison ivy, and I'm saving for my um, Catwoman. Oh, the Michelle Pfeiffer. The Michelle Pfeiffer one. You know, she actually did all that whipping scene herself. There's a video out or behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. I did not know that. I was like, damn, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm -hmm. Get it? (laughs) Yeah. So no, I mean, there's. I I say if you want something, regardless of your financial situation, as long as you don't harm yourself in doing it and getting it, then go for it. Whatever makes you happy. Because I'm a collector. Collecting things makes me happy. So I understand that. I mean, anything that makes you happy. Well, especially now, which is why... (laughs) Card prices on old magic cards have skyrocketed. Yeah, because people are doing... I'm sorry. There is no reason that my Mox Diamond should cost $700. That's fucking crazy, dude. That's crazy for a piece of cardboard. Like... That's that's insane. I don't know if people are buying it at that price point. I hope not. I hope not. I hope people are smart enough not to. I was I was crapping myself when I spent 200 and I spent 200 because it's a stable card in all of my commander decks. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I use proxies for all but of them, have but the card. I have the card. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it is what it is, but 
I mean, to me, there's certain cards that should not be that price. Right. And I don't know. That's just something that's really weird. Personally, um, so what are your thoughts on the announcement from WizKids? I'm excited. I like to get some of the props, honestly. I, I don't care about the paints. I'm not a miniature painter. Doesn't really bother, you know, that doesn't use my thing. But, like, giving me props from some of my favorite cards, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that. Like, that's, I love that shit. So, yes, I'm about that. Now, it will depend on how much they are. Like, I guess, if, like, if there's one I really, really want, and it's like $100 plus, I'll probably get it. But it would really depend on what it is and what they're going to put out. Yeah, it depends on the quality. It depends on the price point. It re- there would be, there's got to be a lot of factors to it. Like, if it's mm-hmm. something that I really love, it, and the, I found out the quality is good, it's worth its value, it's worth mm-hmm. the money, then hell yeah, I'm going to get it. But it's like, if it's 100 bucks and it doesn't, and it looks like it's worth 45 no way. Now, the one thing with WizKids, as I said, I am nervous because of, you know, the the difference in quality between, like, Lord of the Rings and, um, and Harry Potter from Noble yeah. Collection. And I'm just using that as an example. 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 Um, because I've seen so much from WizKids, mm-hmm. I'm actually okay with it. Yeah. But again, it just kind of depends it's, on who who they cater to, right? And it's if it, it, it are they going to cater more to an adult crowd or are they going to cater more to a younger crowd? Yeah, I mean, you know that, I mean that is that is something. Of course, Wiz Kids, I I actually think they are catering. I mean, well, let's let's look at the price point of the miniatures, right? So. When we're talking about their dragons, which they've released um, several Several. of the chromatic dragons, you know, those are 70 bucks a pop. Yep. On Mm -hmm. average. On average. So looking at that, they're clearly going to cater more towards the adult crowd. Yes. Because, no offense, I don't know of anyone under the age of 22, personally, (laughs) that would spend Spend $70 $70 on a dragon figure. Yeah. Or maybe, who knows, you know? I mean, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, you know, whatever. I'm not going to say. I don't don't judge. I don't know anybody's life. Whatever, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah, I'm hoping that they've got to cater more to the adult crowd. And another thing, like, for me, one of the things that I really like about using props in tabletop games is it keeps the players emerged yeah it's or excuse me immersed uh yeah like theater of the mind is nice but having props having having figures out to show what's going on to me i like that more to me there are three key factors that really help keep a at least from my experience keep my players immersed in the game Mm -hmm. One, which is music. Yes. Uh, atmospheric music will get you immersed in the, in the game more than anything else. Two is props. Yes. I mean, you've seen me create yeah. maps. and Right, we still use one. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not talking about like the battle yeah. maps. I'm talking about like maps to give. Mm. They give locations. Right, exactly. It's and, always nice. Um, you know, scrolls, yeah, things like notes, that. all that stuff, yeah. Um, and the third, which I know a lot of people don't do, but it's something I would actually recommend testing out, 
is lighting. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, absolutely. And I will actually say, and you, you oh, know, yes. oh, hands yes. down, that when I mess with the lighting for a campaign, mm-hmm. it really takes the the players I was into about, it. About to say, there's some other people that I know of that enjoyed what you did too. Yeah, and I because I have a theater background. Mm-hmm. And I work more behind the scenes. I do costumes, but, you know, I have to work with lighting and sets and all of that. So, to me, doing those three things, and even as much as, like, dimming the... Oops, sorry, didn't mean to hit the mic. Dimming the lights and having LEDs that you can change for different moods... Mm-hmm. Is nice. Um, ...really will help bring the world to life. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of not having some kind of atmosphere when playing. It just it's it's too dry. Yeah. It's too dry. Like it's it's like theater of the mind's one thing, but mm-hmm. then you can get distracted very easily yeah. and brought out of it. So if there's music, mm-hmm. if there's this, there's that, it's 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 something to keep you interested and keep you going. Another thing you can also play with depending on your living situation, um Scented candles can yes. really also bring in oils. Um, yeah, can really bring in that atmosphere, especially like one thing that I wanted to do when I did my Egyptian um, setting was use frankincense and myrrh, um, but it just never manifested, and plus that thing just went down the toilet really quickly. Yeah. Um. So using you know having a bunch of props that are licensed by wizards that you can give to the players to really keep them immersed yeah. is going to be really cool. The big thing I would like to see, I would like to see replica gems. Yes, that would be great. Replica gems and um, replica coinage, mm-hmm. um, the official Dungeons and Dragons. Now, I personally would like to see um, glass or crystal gems. Yes, because it won't be that much more expensive. Not really. I mean, I mean, it's glass. The the, the 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 resin stuff is. It's cheap. Yeah, it's, I, no, it's like dice. Yeah, I I would much rather see a higher quality piece. Right. Um, like they put out like a diamond that's supposed to be worth 500 gold. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a giant diamond. Here you go. There's your diamond. Well, yeah. And, and like, like... Or like, you know, <laughs> yeah, have an actual like lead crystal piece that you can say, oh, here is this. Right. I mean, you, you can find that shit at like most hobby stores. Right. And they're not that expensive. So I say go with that versus the actual, you know, plastic. Right. But I can see them doing like a set of like random gems and random yes. coins Just for like 25 bucks. A lot of people would buy that. Yeah. I mean, even, if, it, even if it's plastic, I'd pick two of them up. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if you can have, have them. copper, silver, gold, and platinum, platinum and then, and then you know, rubber, ruby, sapphires, pearls, and whatever. Yeah. Um, although another tip for DMs out there, you can always go to like Hobby Lobby, Michaels, and or um, uh, Joanne Fabrics and go into their jewelry making section yep. and pick up beads. Yep. Just a little hint there. So, we have rambled on enough. What do you guys think? What do you think of the announcements? Are you excited? Are you not excited? What are some of your concerns? Go ahead and tweet us at Rollover on Twitter and on Instagram.
And next week, we will talk to Gandalf about writing to Rivendell. Ta-ta. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OhMidnightRoll. Also, feel free to like, rate, and review us wherever podcasts are located. Until next time, good morning and memento mori.